The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, a bizarre story is unfolding in the cryptocurrency world. In December, the CEO of Quadriga, a BC-based cryptocurrency exchange, died. Reports say 30-year-old Gerald Cotton died in India from complications of Crohn's disease, but a month before, but it took a month before news of his death was made public. That's right. We're going to talk cryptocurrency so you can feel my stress headache starting already. And with his death, 150,000 investors lost access to their crypto wealth, $250 million Canadian, because the currency was held in so-called cold wallets, which were managed single-handedly by cotton. To take a closer look and really explain all of this, <laughs> we're, we're joined by Adam O'Brien of Bitcoin Solutions. Hi, Adam. Adam. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. Pretty good. Nope. I guess we should clarify right off the top, yeah. Adam, that uh, this is a different company than yours. So this would be a company that you would, I guess, typically be in competition with? Uh, no, I mean, we kind of work side by side, Quadriga. Um, we sell Bitcoin, I would call it on a retail level. We're more of a Bitcoin retailer um, with a lot less less risk involved. I mean, for reasons exactly like like this, when you buy from us, coins come to you instantly versus Quadrigo, where you have to send them money and uh, and then wait for withdrawals. Okay, so maybe you could help us with some of the terminology. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's a cold wallet? A cold wallet is um, a wallet that you know one or a small group of people have access to that doesn't see day to day transactions. So um, you would put a large reserve of funds in a cold storage wallet to keep it safe. That's kind of where like where somebody's personal savings would go um, or in, in Quadriga's case where, you know, the bulk of their of their coin reserves would go in order to make sure that if their if their servers on the website were to get hacked, their large reserve of funds wouldn't um, wouldn't be affected. But okay. if the person holding the password dies in this case, then, um, you know, there's there's that whole accessibility and security kind of kind of so it's, game it's advantages it's disadvantage i would assume that this is heavily encrypted and quite oh, top absolutely. secret I mean, yeah we're, we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars um jerry was definitely a stickler for for you know security and uh and i can i i would imagine that uh you know there's a few levels of encryption there so we we talked about these um these cold wallets and there's hot wallets as well i'm guessing that's where money's easily in and out of that's right yeah so a hot wallet would be what what funds um you know daily users active withdrawals um so they could be automated to kind of you know in theory enhance customer experience so you called uh we called him gerald cotton you called him jerry did you know him oh yeah yeah uh jerry yeah i did know him i met him um in 2013 and um yeah i mean we were business associates like i worked i worked uh, we used his site um to purchase coins for a long time they were the only way that you could buy coins in canada um, so I, uh, yeah, I, I did know him. So tell us, Adam, how can something like this happen? Why would one guy hold all of the information for all the money? Uh, I mean, that, that, that business practice is kind of lost on me. Um, you could argue it's a security. I mean, you don't, you don't necessarily want to be running around telling everybody because there's, there's, there's absolutely no safeguards for Bitcoin short mm-hmm. of yourself, right? The buck stops with you. So 
if there's multiple people that can access that, that cold storage and then somebody goes goes rogue, um, then then you have to just accept the fact that those coins are gone. So, you know, it could have been a team issue. I mean, Quadriga is the oldest active, or not anymore active, but Quadriga was the oldest, longest lasting Bitcoin exchange in Canada, and it was it was barely five years old. So <laughs> you think five years isn't a ton of time to find somebody to trust a quarter billion dollars with, in, in, in my opinion. Can you talk to the legal problems that Quadriga had leading up to this, though, that we'll assume are unrelated? But didn't the CIBC freeze a lot of their money? Yeah, and I, I didn't, like, I, I wasn't, you know, directly affiliated with Quadriga, so I, I can't really speak to the specifics of it, of course. But um, I know in my experience, banks are really, really um, unfriendly, we'll say, towards Bitcoin and cryptocurrency companies. Um, and and they, I mean, it just goes to show you that any amount of money in the banking system can be frozen at any given time for whatever reason the bank sees fit. I mean, that thirty million bucks was was held up and and kind of frozen by the bank's you know regard uh, for close to a year. And Quadriga obviously ended up getting it back, proving that they had the legal right to it. Um, but the bank got to hold back, collect interest. I mean. That right there in itself is the reason Bitcoin is so important, in, again, in my opinion. You know, it's an interesting problem, right? Because the bank has to ascertain uh, where this money is coming from, but the whole uh, cryptocurrency thing is built on anonymity. So I can yeah. see where the two organizations will butt heads. Totally. And I mean, Bitcoin, not necessarily anonymity, anonymity, but more so, you know, just being in control. Like, like you know, this is going to be getting a little bit... Uh, little bit spacey here but in my opinion like we do not have control of the money that's sitting in our bank accounts right so so bitcoin kind of enables users that ability to to have control of their money unless they leave it with quadriga or an exchange like that which is, is termed a custodial wallet if any of your listeners want to want to kind of check that out a custodial wallet is something that you know is a wallet that shows you a balance but that you don't have direct access to at any given time you're still kind of dependent on somebody to let those coins come back to you so why would you do that well that's a good question <laughs> i mean um like you you know the way to avoid that a bit of a shameless plug here is obviously to use our bitcoin atms um but our bitcoin atms come with a price mm. uh, we charge a markup on top of, of market rate right retail versus maybe quadriga is more of a wholesaler so so you're, you're paying that, you know, anywhere from 3 to 6% markup, um, which I'm sure people would be glad to pay now, but of course, hindsight's 2020, right? So would people have thought that this was safer for their for their Bitcoin, as you mentioned off the top about not being hacked or something like that, right? Right. And I, I mean, yes, safer to an extent. I, I Personally, in my opinion, if it's not your private key, it's not your Bitcoin. Um, just mm-hmm. like if I were to give you, Jalen, a bag of, of a hundred thousand dollars in cash and said hey i'm going away do you mind just hanging on to this um you know <laughs> you're laughing right now but that's essentially what people did that's what people were saying here quadriga take my thousand dollars i'm going to buy bitcoin at a later date i'm trusting that you're still going to be here um you know in in two weeks or in four weeks or in five months when i log back in well and you know the other issue of course is that a cryptocurrency is not covered by any sort of federal or provincial deposit insurance right so you're you're already taking some amount of risk on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, cryptocurrencies are, from an insurance standpoint, treated the exact same as stocks, right? Like, you're, you're basically buying digital gold um, or, or, or a stock in an asset that you feel has value. So, yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Andrew. There's, there's no 
There's no insurance to collect here. I mean, these these users are literally this money is gone, and this has happened before in the Bitcoin industry, and it's just further reason not to put your money where you don't, you know, if if you're not getting coins straight for the transaction, um, it's it's a it's a dangerous game. Adam, I have to ask you because there's lots of, you know, talk about this. I mean, apparently a couple of weeks b- beforehand, uh, Cotton uh, left a will, made plans for his plane, his two houses, hundred grand for his dogs, um, <laughs> you know, all, all of this. There's some questions whether or not, you know, he is in fact really dead. Um, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there right now. But boy, oh boy, when you look at it, you, you go, this is, this would make a great mystery novel. Like, yeah. Th- <laughs> I, I don't want to put you. Hey? I don't want to put you on the spot here, but what do you what do you say? Yeah, what what is what has he said to you over the last couple of weeks? Is he dead? <laughs> because well, there, were, there, were, there were still I, some tra- transactions apparently from what I was reading in the month after he died. Yeah, and I haven't confirmed that okay. or 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 not for myself. I mean, I obviously haven't heard from him. It's been a few months. Um, since I've heard from him, it's not not like we were in constant contact. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, and you're right. Under the circumstances, it all sounds very suspicious. But a buddy and I were just talking. Like, my wife and I got married, and it took us a few months to make our will. And we also did it right before we left on a, on a big trip, right? So, it mm. yes, under the circumstances, it is. But if you take kind of a, maybe a bit of a bigger picture look back, and you kind of think like when you're just sitting around at home operating your business, you're not really thinking about it. But then on your checklist before you leave. It is that would be on your checklist, in my opinion, right? Again, well, you would I, think that writing down the password might be on the checklist somewhere. too. Though, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's uh, maybe Andrew. You and I are closer uh, aligned in business than we thought. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Yeah, possibly true. I wanted to talk about that. Speaking of uh, your business, so you are in different businesses and you operate differently. But does a story like this hurt your business? No, I think if anything, it helps us. I mean, we like we operate on the, the like you know. The second you give us money, your order is being processed and sent to you. So, so we don't we don't keep your money at, at any level. Um, if like I'm the I'm the you know founder CEO of Bitcoin Solutions. Um, if I were to die uh, this second, there would be nobody that that I have their money that mm. that wouldn't have access to it. So when you go to one of our ATMs, you put cash in, and my my goal is within 20 seconds, Bitcoin is in your wallet. Sometimes that reaches to 30 seconds because of internet co- connectivity. But um, there's never a time when we're when we have users' money and they don't have you know Bitcoin or at least an, an order processing uh, with Bitcoin on its way. So Adam, today uh, Quadriga appeared in court. Judge granted it protection from creditors for 30 days. It says it needs time to find the money. How will they do that? <laughs> I mean, it's so. This is again, it, it, it's possible that that you know. Jerry had set up a kill switch is what, is what I would call it, basically a program that he has to log into every X number of days. And if he doesn't for X number of days, then those passwords would be sent out. Um, oh, 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 they would be sent out. Well, assuming that's, like, that's a theory that, that, that could be happening, right? So I thought you were going to go like, the opposite direction. Well, I, I gasped when you yeah, said like, that oh. because I know, you know, encrypted... <laughs> that's, uh, that's chapter 31. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, the, everyone who has, a, and, you know, any account knows you try it three times and it doesn't work or five times and you get locked out. For, uh, right. So, for, for private keys. Luckily. Okay, good. Because when you said kill switch, I thought, please tell me that's not going to oh. evaporate. <laughs> no, like quite literally, if he were to be killed or die... Um, you know, it's possible that there's that program out there. But other than that, it's going to be just brute force hacking. Um, I mean, Bitcoin 
is designed that it's very, very difficult yeah. to brute force a private key. So I don't think they'll have much luck with that. And I feel awful, both on a personal and a corporate you know, standpoint for these users. Like that really, really sucks. And I, I can't imagine that. Ugh, what a terrible situation for everyone involved, right? Yeah, you should get my son on this because uh, <laughs> he got me back into my Flash Seat uh, account. <laughs> Adam, before we let you go, I, and we're almost out of time here, so like we're really yeah, out of time here. But you know, we talk about one of the things that y- y- a lot of folks like about Bitcoin is because there's there's not that much regulation there. You you have it, it's mm-hmm. it's yours. Does this though show the need for maybe some more regulation in the crypto world? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think this specific instance does. And the reason I don't is because this is not a fault of Bitcoin. This is a fault of a company. Okay. So, um, you know, again, if you're buying Bitcoin and you're getting them mm. right away and you're holding them securely um, and you know how to do that, or you're at least making the steps to learn how to do that, then there's no there's no reason to overregulate crypto again in this okay. specific instance. You know, in any That's industry, right. the best way to avoid regulations is when the industry regulates itself. Mm. Yeah. Well. Right. Yeah. Good Someone's- point. Someone possibly could be regulating themselves on a private island off Bahamas right now. So I, I, I really got to say. That sounded dirty. I know. Adam, thank you for this. I know you're away. You're out of town. I really appreciate you taking the time for to, calling, uh, to call us in. Appreciate it. My pleasure, guys. Thanks we'll so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.